Welcome to the Well Kind Better podcast. My name is Nicole Gergieva. I'm a holistic well-being coach and mindfulness guide. Every week I share knowledge, stories, and my best tips to help you elevate your well-being and mindset. Together, we explore tools and practices that support you in becoming a kinder and better version of yourself so you can bring your vision board to life. Take a deep breath, relax your shoulders, and let's dive into today's episode. Hey, lovely humans. This week, I wanted to talk about change. And while I was thinking of an example that I can use, I read a blog post that I had written about working out during COVID. So this was three years ago. And even though it was that long time ago, and by the way, how was COVID three years ago? I don't know, lately time just flies. But anyhow, the interesting thing is that the example is still relevant today because it is something that happens to me more or less every year around this time. So here is the thing. In this part of the world where I live, at the end of November, the weather gets really, really sad. It's already quite cold. And I'm talking about temperatures below zero with snow and ice. It also gets dark very early, like 4.30 p.m. and it's already dark outside. So my usual workouts, such as running in the park or going for longer walks, become much less attractive. Now, I know that there are people who go out running during winter. And in fact, every morning while I walk the dog, I see such people and I'm very happy for them. And, you know, I think it's really cool that they're able to weather the snow and the ice and feel okay to do such activities outside. However, I have tried and I know myself running during this time of the year is not for me. I either get too cold and I end up catching a cold or I dress up just a little bit too much. Then I get hot and sweaty and, you know, I cannot undress because then again I'll catch a cold and... It's a mess and I don't enjoy it. At the same time, I also don't love walking for more than five kilometers in the snow because, surprise, surprise, I also get cold. The thing is that my body doesn't retain a lot of heat during winter. I would love to ski or to snowboard, but that's not very accessible for us here because even though we have a lot of snow, we don't have mountains. So, with all of this said, It is the time of the year when, for the last couple of seasons, I end up signing up for the gym. Each year, I get a membership at a different location or a different gym altogether, either because my workplace changes or because I get a better deal somewhere else. This means that each year, I have to take a different route to the gym. It takes me a different amount of time to get there. I have to adapt to a new place with different equipment. Basically, every year when I do this, I create a new habit. And inevitably, each year there comes a time when I'm packing my gym bag or setting up an alarm for early the next morning or getting into a cramped bus and I think to myself, why am I doing this? And you know, I get this uh, feeling that I'm sure that everyone who has ever tried to build a new routine has experienced. It's that feeling of ugh. I would just rather sit on the couch. Or, uh, why is going to the gym so hard? Which ultimately leads to today's podcast question. Why is change so hard? I'm here to give you three possible explanations so you would be more aware of the science of change and hence more compassionate to yourself when you get this uh feeling. 
Let's start with a reason that is well backed up by science. Our brains are wired to be efficient. In fact, a study done in 2006 at Duke University found out that around 40% of the activities we do every day are habitual and repetitive. Basically, 40% of what we do every day is a habit. And this is the way that our brains save energy. We brush our teeth and we shower on autopilot. We drive to work with minimum involvement of our brains. We walk the dog using the same two or three paths each day. Now, when we want to introduce changes to our routines, it takes extra energy for our brains to adapt. And our brains tend to resist this rewiring process. They crave the old, familiar ways because sticking to the already existing patterns of behavior is much easier and it is also much more energy efficient. So this resistance makes change hard. But that's just one reason. Another reason is that breaking the routine to introduce a new activity challenges the established habit loops. See, every habit consists of four components. There is a cue, a craving, a response, and a reward. Each part plays an important role in carrying out the habitual action. Let's say that your current evening habit is to come home, pour yourself a glass of wine, and enjoy your favorite TV show. The cue of the habit is that you come back from work at the same time every day. The craving is to feel comfort and unwind after a busy day. You respond to the craving by having a glass of wine and watching TV. The reward is the feeling of comfort and limited brain strain that you experience while you're doing this whole thing. Imagine now that you want to make a change and start going to the gym after work. Establishing this new routine will require changing literally the whole habit loop. You will need a new cue to prompt you to go to the gym. You need to identify or integrate a new craving and a new response. And you will need to rewire your brain to respond to a new reward. That's plenty of work for you and for your brain. So no wonder the change is hard, right? So here we had two solid science-backed reasons. And I want to introduce you to a third one that I discovered from my own experience. Let's go back to me signing up for the gym each year around this time and see how that goes. In the beginning, it's kind of fun. I get to fish out my sports t-shirts and my shorts. Maybe I even buy an extra top and I'm excited to wear it. Going to the new gym is also nice because there is plenty to explore and the whole thing feels new. Maybe I would even share a couple of Instagram stories from the gym and really I feel like I'm doing the right thing for my body and for my mind. I also feel an increase of energy and happy hormones. And generally, it gives me that boost that I'm doing well in life. In other words, everything is new and it is exciting. And my motivation carries me through the previously mentioned hurdles of establishing a new routine. However, two or three weeks in, the motivation starts to run a little bit dry. My brain starts to rebel. I start to crave my previous, more comfortable routines. Maybe I feel tired waking up in the morning to go work out. Or maybe I start to miss dinner time at home in order to do a sweat session at the gym. The new rewards have not settled into my brain just yet. And I crave the rewards that my previous, more comfortable actions were bringing to me. And I'm sure that you can relate. Even if what you're thinking about is not going to the gym, I know that you have an example that brings up similar feelings and emotions. 
So at this point, what happens? We have two choices. We can start slipping into the old ways and let the new routine fade together with our motivation, or we can persist and work through this motivational dip. Well, you're listening to a podcast about personal development because you're committed to creating a thriving life for yourself. So, of course, we all choose the second option. We work on making this a habit. And here comes the catch. We're not working on just going to the gym anymore. Now we're also working on strengthening our consistency and on building our persistence muscles. We are working on our self-accountability and keeping the promises that we made to ourselves. We're working on time management skills, on prioritization, you name it. So we work simultaneously on the new activity and on our old brain neural pathways. And that's also plenty of work, isn't it? I mean, have you ever thought about it like this? I think that it is really incredible. And this is why I think that we can often hear athletes, for example, saying that, yes, of course, winning a medal in their sport is gratifying, but the evolution that they go through as humans is even more significant than the short-lasting recognition of their skills. Or it's the same when business people speak about their success. We can hear some of them say, yes, making a bunch of money is amazing, but the journey that I went through as I was making the money is what matters even more. That's why change is hard, because it requires us to up-level not only in the gym or in business or in our habits or in our craft, but also in our mindset and character skills. All the accountability, persistence, consistency, time management that is needed to thrive at something new is built just like muscles are built in the gym. And if the new habit is going to the gym, like in my example, then we build them all together. And that's not so easy to do. So as you can see, we have good reasons for why change is difficult. There is the tendency of our brains to resist change. There is the rewiring of the components of our habits. There is also the fact that some new routines and activities require us to up-level on multiple fronts at the same time. Now, I'm sure that there are more reasons for this, but I think that that is plenty for today. So now that we understand where the challenges are coming from, what can we do to make change a little bit less difficult? I will quickly share three simple tips that you can consider. The first tip is to share the pain. Sometimes we add to the difficulty of change by trying to do everything by ourselves. It is challenging to keep your motivation levels high all of the time just by yourself. And believe me, I know because it is the same thing with trying to build a business. Everyone occasionally needs a buddy to lift their spirits. So we can all use a friend to poke us in the ribs or through Facebook Messenger and ask if we actually went to the gym today like we said that we will. Basically, you get yourself an accountability buddy. Your goals don't have to be absolutely the same. Maybe one of you wants to run half a marathon next year and maybe the other one wants to run 5k. What is important is that you're both driven to do what you say you will and are willing to support each other during the times when motivation runs dry. The next tip is to invest in a commitment, support or guidance. This can look like many different things. If you want to establish a more stable workout routine, then sign up for group training and pay upfront. We humans we don't like to lose money, 
So once you pay for your classes up front, you'll be more incentivized to go there regularly. If you want to learn a new skill, instead of promising yourself that you will find the time to Google it, sign up for a class. This way you will be accountable for showing up and making progress together with the rest of the group. Or if you want to work on your business, mindset, or anything similar, then invest in coaching. This is like accountability meets experience meets knowledge. It will 10x the speed of your personal evolution and it will make change much more manageable. Hey, lovely human, talking about investing in guidance and support, 2024 can be the year when you elevate your vision and personal stories and you build resilience, supportive routines and mindfulness and joy for a freaking awesome and thriving life. If that sounds like a hell yes vision to you, you will not want to miss out on the early bird offers for my new group coaching program. The group starts in January and the first details are already dropping this Thursday on December 14th. Follow me on Instagram and subscribe to my newsletter to make sure that you get the information first. Let's make 2024 your best year yet. And my last tip to make change less hard is to spice things up. This tip is for the humans out there who just don't thrive in routine. And I am one of those humans, so I know how that feels. Now, by not thriving in routine, I mean that doing the same thing each day and each week all over again just kills your enthusiasm. One way to prevent this is by coming up with different ways to get the benefits of your new routine. A few years ago, I wanted to establish a better morning routine. But I quickly found out that doing the same thing every single morning bored me out of my mind. So I asked myself, what is the ultimate goal of this morning routine? And the answer was simple, to start the day with a little bit of self-care and prepare myself for a productive day. So I created a deck of morning cards. Each morning I drew one and I did the activities that were on it. Every day I did something a little bit different that actually resulted in the same outcome. For example, one morning I would do a 10-minute stretch and write affirmations in my journal. The next morning I would do 15 minutes of yoga and a short guided visualization after that. Different activities, same outcome. I move my body and I prime my mind for a good day ahead. It was awesome. And actually, I created at that time an e-guide how to create such a routine for yourself. So if you're interested, text me on Instagram and I will send you the link to download the guide. The thing is that it's important that when you create new habits, you also find joy in them. This is the fastest way to signal to your brain that you should do more of this activity. In return for feeling good, new neuropathways are created faster in your brain. So if you don't thrive in strict routines, find simple ways to create novelty within the routine. And this is always possible with just a little bit of creativity. Well, lovely human, this is really it for today. I hope that this episode helped you understand the simple yet not easy science behind why change is hard and maybe also inspired you to take simple action to make it easier for yourself. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. Stay tuned for next week when I will be back to help you feel well, be kind and do better one well-being conversation at a time.